I am sitting on the edge of my seat to release to you this episode, not only because it's another kingdom shaker who's coming to speak life into you, but because she has helped cultivate an experience that is going to serve women and even men in such a beautiful way because she's connecting heartbeats from around the world. This is a global experience. This is a global conversation. And so often we feel rooted and stuck just in the American mindset. And yet there are other people in the world that God is stewarding and stirring and just serving in such a way that it connects us. It unifies his kingdom under heaven. And so today's guest, Tessa Hopman, she is a career and results coach for Christian women. So obviously I love her because we have that purpose-driven mindset, that desire to bring passions out in women across the globe. But she's also bringing together a communication, a conversation around discovering his purpose, living a life of faith and fulfillment, and inspiring Christians around the globe, both men and women speakers who have come to the table to just share and shed light on what it is that God speaks to them and how they're activating that into the world. And so you too are a part of this conversation. It is not intended to be one-sided, but we hope to serve you with just incredible insight, the wisdom that we have gained along the way, but also to learn from these other incredible voices. Tessa's concept, her business is called The Vine Dresser. You get to learn about what that is and see it if you watch this on YouTube uh, or Facebook. But I want you to know that you too are being pruned, that you too have an opportunity to be tended to and cared for, and ultimately that God is cultivating all of those God dreams, the God dreams that I hope to activate through the God Dream Design course intimately with you, that he's activating you right now. So today, I just want to send praises up to Jesus, that he is a connector, that his heart and our voices in this very podcast are not just reaching America or Canada or even Central America, but it is crossing oceans, that we are ranked top 200 in spiritual podcasts across the world, and I could not do that without you guys. So thank you for listening, for tuning in for being a voice on this podcast. If you want to actually be heard in such a way, rather than just a listener, I am open to bringing on people with a lightheartedness for Jesus. And so reach out to me. You can email me. You can DM me at Fit Faith Podcast or Tamara Andress. You can also just submit a review. By submitting your review and subscribing to this podcast, it helps us to grow legs. It helps us to actually root from the vine that Barry Tessa is talking about. And so just, I encourage you, get connected. I have a free resource opportunity. It's an app where you don't have to be on social media to contact me at all. We can talk on a daily basis. And instead of me just sharing, like most me-centered social media things are, this is a place for you to grow and serve and share. So jump into the network. You guys have access in all of the links everywhere you can find me on my website. Go to the community tab and just Know that there are other people who are ready to link arms with you and serve this community well. Tessa, you are doing it so beautifully, and I am so excited. Go to www.discoverhispurpose.com for you to get registered for this free conference. It's an online experience of just like-hearted people who are ready to gather and just save and reach thousands of lives by advancing God's kingdom through stepping into our unique callings and helping you to step into yours. All the love today. Sorry for the long intro, but there's so much goodness, so much richness, and I hope that it serves you well. Bye. This is your God wink. The moment that heaven says for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter. 
Though I'm an ordained minister, still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering, if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Tessa, so I am so excited to introduce you. Y'all, she is tuning in all the way from the morning side of the world in New Zealand, and we're so excited to have you on today. I'm going to let you kind of unpack and introduce yourself, but this is Tessa Hopman, and she is a career and results coaching um, and with the Vine Dresser. And so tell us a bit about what that is, who you are, how we're connected, and we're going to go, go from there. All right, thank you so much. As, as Tamara mentioned, my name is Tessa and I'm the CEO and, Vine, and um, founder of The Vine Dresser. And The Vine Dresser is a career and results coaching for Christian women. And how I got to that is because I found myself like not being able to get out of bed, just so unfulfilled and searching for my purpose. So for a while, that's what I did, you know. I went into the Word, I went as many church gatherings I can go, but I was also doing a coaching course to get to like the questions like, what do I enjoy and, and what is holding me back? And when I finally got to the other side of things where I actually had energy again and such a zest for what I was doing, I realized I want to share this with other women, you know, that experience when you find your purpose and you actually start working on goals and overcoming those limiting beliefs. So yeah, I um, founded the Vine Dresser and why the Vine Dresser is because it refers to Jesus as he is pruning the vines and that is exactly what we do in a coaching process. So we're really pruning away all those like limiting beliefs, all the bad stuff that we're telling ourselves that we can't do it and we're actually tending the good soil that you have and the potential and, and growing to that purpose that God has for you. So yeah, that's pretty much how that all went. <laughs> I love that. I had I was unpacking and you know, I have your website up now for everybody to see, but you know, the prune, the tend and the cultivate. I am such an advocate of the toiling process, of the uprooting process, of the watering process, and I think it's vital for us to understand that without doing that, we aren't really taking a true inventory of all of the beautiful things in the garden that God has just right where we are. 
Um, so I love that you utilize that reference. It's funny that you you have the vine dresser and then, or you are the vine dresser. And then I had another gal on just recently with copy uncorked. And so her vine was the wine. And so it's just really cool to see the symbolism across the, across the globe, right? Yeah, we love to get impatient, don't we? With like the whole toiling and the whole having to grow roots. I mean, I know I have a little seedling garden in my windowsill now and and I'm like looking every day, it's like, what's going on? I still can't see the sprouts, you know, but I'm forgetting that there's so many roots growing at the bottom, you know, and it takes time because if those roots are not strong enough, they're going to sprout and they're going to die. So, it's Girl, you are speaking to my entrepreneurial, impatient heart. <laughs> I definitely think that there are going to be so many viewers who just resonate with that because it's really difficult. And here we are in the midst of a season and a time where um, we want change like so drastically. We want it at our heart level. We want it in our spirit level. We want to see it in a physical realm. And that takes time, especially when the roots have perhaps grown and are rotted in such dry places that we can't even access them. So thank you for sharing that perspective. And I pray that the people that are listening today, um, that they know that our hearts are for them, that they know that we, we are willing to uproot and toil and replant right alongside all of our mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. So share with me from a perspective as we kind of dive into that conversation. And I really want to keep it centered around what it is that you do and how you coach. But from an, another part of the globe, what do you see is happening right now in, in our neck of the woods? Mm. I think in general, people have been like awoken almost. I mean, obviously first it was the pandemic. Like we got such a scare. We used to only see it on TV, you know, whether it's a zombie apocalypse or the day after tomorrow. Like so on true. such a scale, we've never seen it. It was always ebola in africa you know like oh it doesn't touch us so we're fine and then all of a sudden there is this virus that could actually get us anywhere and i think it made us realize like tomorrow isn't a given and we actually need to wake up we were in such a slumber and in routine like i think 80 percent of what we do is on autopilot right Mm, and we were so unconcerned about the rest of the world because our bubble was fine yeah and i think when we realized that that wasn't the case we started to be stirred up and then obviously there's so many more things going on in your side now as well where we are just I don't know, I think people have so many emotions and we and we don't know how to deal with them anymore. And I'm not saying that the protesting everything is, is not good. Definitely not. What I'm saying is there is certain ways of going about things and some people are really doing amazing things with getting getting conversations going and and getting dialogues going but there's also so much outrage is not leading to anything it's not productive and I think that's where we need to draw the line you know it needs to be productive like if we put it back to Jesus he also got like persecuted and and treated unfairly but he never lashed out in anger you know he stayed calm and with that, people actually paid more attention to him because who's that person who gets spat on or hit in the face and turns the other cheek, you know? And, and obviously, I'm not saying we need to turn the other cheek. This is something, a real issue right. where we need to stand for, but we need to do it in a way that draws attention to us in a positive light yeah. and not in anger and outburst because it's not going to get us anywhere but more divided. Yeah, it's definitely very difficult and even as you share like my heart goes out to like the right words and the right timing and 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 having to feel like you're constantly retracing the thing that you just said in order to make sure that it's like PC and 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 all of those things but I realized last night when having a conversation with um, the women that I get to coach and I'm, I'm so grateful for the fact that there are so many beautiful ethnicities represented to hear the hearts of every sister around that table there were so many shared emotions of, mm. of shame, of anger, of disgrace, of guilt, of worry, of fear. Uh, and it didn't matter what color our skin was. We mm. all were sharing the same things. And so now it's a matter of how do we come together to get that out there in a new way? And so I'm, I'm just grateful that we have, I think advocates in other parts of the world who are willing and ready to say like, 
there is a, a way that you can do this and that to continue and branch those conversations into other cultures. We were talking prior to this about how you had this amazing experience where you got to come to America. So tell us about like when you did that, why you did that, why your family even, or how they chose to do that and how it's left, you know, whether it's left an imprint or not, what that looked like for you. Mm. Yeah. So I'm originally from the Netherlands and already from such a young age, I think I was 11 or 12. I was like, no, this country is too small. I had such a global mindset already. I mean, at this point I lived on four different continents. So it's just, I wanted to explore and then there's uh, my brother already went to America for a cultural exchange year when he was younger and my my dad wanted to experience that I mean we come from a very messy chaotic and broken home and I wanted to experience family life so mm. I had like this laundry list of things that I wanted in a family in America because I had that American dream in my mind you know so I wanted a family with younger kids I wanted like uh, a semi-subtropical like destination where it'd be nice and warm because the Netherlands is always cold and it was actually God like planting something or planning something because they came back to me and said, listen, Tessa, your laundry list of, of wishes is too big and the only way we can fit you in, like, hold on, is Mobile, Alabama. Ah. It is a Christian family and they go to a private Christian academy. Would you be willing to go? And until that point, The only thing I knew about God was when we went to church once a year for Christmas. So I knew that he existed, but that was about it. I was like, oh, sure, I can can do that. And that high school was just so amazing. I mean, they did Bible study every day. They went to chapel on like once every other week. We went to youth together on a Wednesday night. And then I went to church on Sunday. So from going to nothing to being so submerged in it and... It was amazing. I mean, and you're asking me, did it leave an impression? I mean, yes, it it changed my life. Like, I just found myself crying at every church service. And I was like, I have no going on. And you were 17, right? So, like, the inner turmoil of a teenager anyway. And then you're in another country with, like, all these foreigners, essentially. That's so amazing. Like, I love that God can use every situation and that he used this this family and a whole nother part of the world to like take you in and show you a family and show you the ultimate father. Like that's so incredible. How old were your like siblings at that point? Oh my goodness. So you always be careful what you want. I know. I know. A family with nine kids. So they oh. actually, they didn't have any kids of their own. So they had adoptive and foster kids. Wow. Um, <laughs> So it was amazing. And so the mother, so the wife was um, Vietnamese. So there was um, a lot of Vietnamese kids. And apparently they liked to go gamble over the weekends. So all the relatives would bring all the other kids. So over the weekend, we had about 20 kids. And I was the oldest all of a sudden. So I was like, oh, what did I Oh, my gracious. I can't really tell you how old they all were. I just knew that I was the oldest at 17. (laughs) They brought you in as an extra set of hands is what happened. secretly yes me and another exchange student that is so cool so I think it's so amazing that I mean we've even talked about having an au pair because we really really desire um, having our children like emerge in other cultures because since my husband and I have family in Mexico it's like such a gift for us to go and like just literally transplant ourselves into an entire other community where yes people look at us different we're like the only ones with blonde hair and blue eyes they like literally stroke our hair which is just so funny to us and I'm kind of like okay but at the same time I think they are so beautiful and like their dark beautiful brown eyes when they're babies like I secretly wish that my son came out as like a mini Jose so that I could just like (laughs) he'd be like a Jose Jr. from grandpa but it didn't work that way he's got a little tan but nothing like that but I think it's just such a valuable resource that if if we adopted something like this as an American culture, talk about change, talk about shift in what it is that we know now and the norm of like the track that your family goes on. After high school, you go to college, after college, you get a job, after the job, you work 80 hours a week and then you turn 30 and you have your, you know, just the traditional pipeline that we're put through. Where is the time or the energy to like, 
be woke, to, to understand outside of what is constantly being implanted into us, good or bad. Yeah. It's so no, cool. That, that's so true. And I think we mentioned it earlier, like, if we could just force people to live abroad for a while, you know, then we are just, our mindsets are broadened and we start seeing people for who they are. Like, instead of just looking on the outside, look on the inside. And yes, we don't get along with everybody, you know. If if you're not brought up in the same cultural background and your day-to-day habits are completely different than the other person, you might not get along. Doesn't mean it has anything to do with the skin color, but it might be that your daily habits are just not compatible. Mm-hmm. And I think if we start looking at that, if we find our tribe, like you're saying with your women, right? And the same as the women that are coming now on the online interview series that we're recording, it's not about the outside, it's about our collateral hearts for God. Mm-hmm. And that's what pulls us together. It doesn't matter what color, what ethnicity, where we come from. And I think if we would go and explore that, if we would make it compulsory for our kids after high school to do like six months to a year in another country, it will just open their eyes and will stop like saying all the time them and we or them and us, you know. Yeah. And, and that's how our brain works. That was survival back in the day, you know, keeping our own community safe at the cost of others, which yeah. is it comes from the whole back in the day when we had to hunt and survive and and like things were scarce, but we need to be aware of what we are doing on autopilot. And, mm-hmm. and when we go abroad, I mean, I lived in South Africa, I lived in America, I lived in the Netherlands, and now I'm living in New Zealand. So I've seen a lot of different cultures and it just makes you more aware of what's going on. And I could yeah, I could yeah. really say yeah. to anybody, like, do it, go experience it. Yeah, yeah. we actually for a while got so uh, just disturbed even by our own family things that were going on. And it's not, it didn't have to do with ethnicity, obviously, because we're all white. But it was this just turmoil that was happening. And naturally, for, for my husband and I, we're not fight, we're flight. So we're like, oh, there's a problem, let's run that way. And I found since coming to know the Lord in an intimate way that there are parts of me that that's okay, but there are other parts where I need to fight and I need to have a conversation and I need to communicate and I need to wrestle internally with my emotions before just running away from them. But my husband and I literally wanted to pick up our family and move to Mexico and just like, peace, we're out. We're not going to deal with this. Like... Let's just take care of our little, you know, safe family home unit. And while we chose not to do that, I was a part of like a ton of expat community Facebook groups so that we could explore homeschooling options and different things. And, you know, there was all of this stuff that went into it. But ultimately what we were desiring was that our children would be in a safe space where they were allowed to express and learn and grow freely. And what mom would not agree with that? What mom would not want that for their child? And listening to certain books and and the coaching clients that I'm talking about, their hearts, you know, as women, we have this desire to like protect and love, but also it's a time to like communicate. And so how as a purpose coach, as a, a woman who is looking to help others go and get into their space of purpose, how do you help them really direct themselves into those spaces? What you know, projects or paths or exercises do they do? Um, so it's always going back to the foundation, right? So you start first discovering what God has put in you. So what has he gifted you with? What, what passions, what dreams has he put into your heart? Because often... When day-to-day life happens and we grow up, you know, we were talking about your son, how he has all these amazing dreams of having this farm in your house (laughs) and tigers and everything. Now, that's still possible at that age. But when we get a bit older, we start telling ourselves that's not possible. But then we serve a God that can do the impossible, you know. So he wants us to, like, take out those dreams again that look too big. And from that point, when we have that dream, so that big goal that we have, we just start chunking it down. So really, we're just overwhelmed. Because if it, if your dream is to have a multi-billion dollar company that is like Joyce Meyer Ministries, for example, 
You're like, I could never do that. But like, what did she start with? She started with doing a Bible study in her house. Mm-hmm. Like if we chunk it down to small bite-sized pieces, we can just take that first step. Like write a list of women I know might be interested in Bible study. Send them a text message to invite them. Hold my first Bible study. Now, if, if you make the steps small enough, we actually feel empowered when we do them and we actually get into that momentum and really stepping into that goal. Um, and as we do that, we always go, because we will get through things like conflicting values, right? Like I want to set up a business, but like time with my family is getting in the way. It, that's not real, but it in our minds it feels like that because if we switch if we then swap it around, we can ask, how is having a successful business going to allow me to spend more time with my family? Just um, swapping those conflicting values around and then working on what limiting beliefs are we telling ourselves, you know? Like, I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. Or, like, for me, it's a big thing. Like, who am I? I'm not worthy of this calling to be helping Christian women because of my background, you know, my very imperfect past. And I think overcoming those limiting beliefs is also a very important um, aspect as well. So we don't hold ourselves back to the purpose that God has for us. Yeah, it's really good. I think oftentimes those limiting beliefs become like the space that we're stuck in. And mm. then the even the dream, even if you're still like a little girl dreaming, because that's how I feel sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have this grandiose vision. And yet there's these limiting beliefs that can come into play that we can stay in that space. And then the enemy basically is like, all right, I'm going to sit right here because she's going to sit right here. So we're going to hang out right here. And meanwhile, like, yeah, (laughs) this way, this way. (laughs) Meanwhile, like the enemy's comfortable because we're comfortable because we're not putting ourselves into the place of discomfort. So it's that activation state of, okay, I'm going to go here. I'm going to host my first Bible study, even though I'm not a, you know, a world-renowned speaker yet, this is going to be my first opportunity to, to try and to step out of my comfort zone and to serve other people. I love you were talking previously on um, the interview series about the interview series. You mentioned it briefly. I want you to like unpack what your heart is for that and what exactly you're doing so that we can draw some attention to it and send some people your way. Oh, thank you. So um, Tamara is also one of the guests and I'm really happy that she is because what we are doing in the interview series is really unpacking, like discovering his purpose and how you can truly live a life of faith and fulfillment because if the situation now is teaching us anything is that we want more out of life you know we want to find that unique calling that is only ours and that we can only fulfill and when when this pandemic was happening and now even more the turmoil we're seeing is like people aren't satisfied anymore and we with this online interview series we want to like share with them our stories how we are walking in our purpose you know with with confidence and authenticity and with the realization that all our stories are so significant however imperfect and the mistakes we've made and and this interview series is really to show those struggles and breakthroughs that we have had as we were uncovering and still are uncovering our um, purposes so yeah, that's how I decided to set up um, Discover His Purpose. It's an online interview series, and it's going live on the 1st of July. Uh, by heart, don't know how many participants. I think we have about 18 people, so we're doing an interview live each day. And yeah, it's just share, um, inspirational Christians, whether it's leaders, entrepreneurs, pastors, anybody else, bloggers, who um, just have such a passion for sharing their their purpose you know and sharing what god has done in their lives the good and the bad so so yeah it's going live first of july and i can't wait yay it's gonna be so exciting i'm just i'm thrilled to like see all of our faces next to each other just in the promo just to Mm -hmm. say like you guys you have this opportunity and and so many people think that social media i've seen and heard a lot of people who have gone off of social media over the course of the last week and I understand, but at the exact same time, you're like, hold on, wait, like this is, 
you know, purposed. God knew that the internet was going to happen. He knew that the enemy was going to try and take over all of social media and all of the things that we're seeing from a media perspective on the news. And yet it is a resource. If you can flip the script on the enemy and say, oh no, not today. And I feel like we were doing such a beautiful job of that when COVID first hit. Like you saw all the churches like ebb and flow and swap and they were like, oh, we've never done an online service, but we're going to do an online service. And now, you know, the, the word of God is getting out into the, the world in ways that never would have, you know, happened circa 10 years ago even. And so for you to bring together all of these different women and just to shed light on purpose, I think is so necessary. And as people are kind of walking into this space and maybe even uncovering new purpose in their life because of the emotions that they're feeling right now in a vast array of things going on, what like tip or trick like would you suggest that they kind of lean into and, and what, is there a specific like verse or, or thing that you hold on to in your promise for God to say, this is going to happen for you? Yeah. Well, you have so many things I want to say on that, but I that's think okay. Verse, We've got time. Go. <laughs> the verse that always keeps me going is that uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I mean, I put that on, I tattooed it on my ribs. So if yes. I can get through that, I'm already like, way there. <laughs> But just that, you know, he means with that the good and the bad. Because even stepping into a purpose or or rediscovering a new purpose, you know, it's not going to be all rainbows and butterflies, you know. There's going to be challenges. And like you're saying, as soon as we step out of our comfort zone, it's like you're ringing a little bell and then the devil wakes up. (laughs) I thought she was good there, but things are happening. So he's going to start, like, pursuing us. And he's actually going to throw challenges in our way. Because when we step into our purpose, you know, we are truly advancing the kingdom of God and we're going to be so powerful. I mean, I love that quote. What does it say again? I want to be the type of woman that when I wake up, the devil says, oh, no. She's She's awake. awake. I love that. Yeah. But that's also like you need to be brave if you're going to step into your purpose. And God has given us all that courage. You know, us women are so fierce and courageous i mean you're a mother you can do anything if something threatens your child you know that's the type of energy that god has given us but i think it's a different energy from masculine energy where it comes to we are protectors but we are also fierce in our passions Mm -hmm. and where our children can be a passion so can be our purpose So I think when we step into that and truly allow it to be our purpose with authenticity and accepting every part of us in that process, it's just going to be such a beautiful journey. And when it comes to this online interview series, I mean, a lot of people love to demonize like social media or the media, but, and the same with, with how you look at life, you know, there's always different ways you look at things. You can look at it in the negative or you're going to look at it into the positive and, Yes, there is an overwhelming amount of negativity, both in the world as in social media, the media. I mean, there's even Christians fighting with each other, you know, and I'm like, can we stop tearing each other down and start building each other up? So it's the choice you make. Mm -hmm. So if somebody insults you on social media, for example, it's up to you how you're going to respond to it. Are you going to respond at all, you know, like Jesus turned his, his cheek when he got insulted. So... It's what we make of it. And and social media and the news can be such powerful tools or these online platforms that we are creating now, these collaborations that we want to do can be such powerful tools if we choose that that's what we want it to be and we put God in the center of it. So yeah, that's that's all the choices that, that are up to us to make. Yeah, so good. You've got some people listening and they're saying that they love this and they can't. One of them is going to be on the interview series too, oh, Michelle right. Laffin. She's like, I can't wait to talk with you. So yeah. it's, it's really amazing that we have the, just an opportunity. And I think, you know, God continues to just press on my heart for such a time as this. And it goes deeper than just like the catchphrase, because I think anybody can say that during any situation. Um, but like it was a book that I read in my first Bible study ever when I was in um, high school. And it's just been impressed on my heart at that because I walked 
through that Bible study with like toiling and, and such deep conviction. And I never spoke out about it until Mm -hmm. I was confronted and didn't have a choice. And now I'm at this space where I'm toiling and the world is toiling. And what are you going to do with that toiling? Are you going to stay quiet? And, and I want people to know that that doesn't mean that everyone needs to speak and everyone needs to, you know, create a life of purpose on a microphone or on social media or on TV or any of those things. Your activation might be within your home with those babies. And that is just as critical as somebody jumping on a mic. And so how we choose to view our purpose do not compare because that's a limiting belief. That's a mindset, you know, hold up that so many people get in is I'm not as big as that or my purpose is, is so much smaller than that. So I just might as well even do it. Well, no, like here's the puzzle piece. You're missing one puzzle piece. How do you feel? I'm pissed. <laughs> I need the puzzle piece. I'm like under the table. I'm like looking in the dog's bed. Like, do they chew it? Is it in the trash can? I need to find the puzzle piece. And like, I want people to know that they are the puzzle piece to this beautiful picture that God has planned. And without them, no matter how big or small they might feel that that piece is, it is a critical element for us to feel whole. Do you feel like you've been sitting on the dream God has given you for far too long? Do you feel out of alignment or obedience because of it? Or perhaps you've been spinning your wheels on how to answer God's call, but can't quite define or design it into a business? Maybe you've titled this God Dream a Ministry, one you wholeheartedly give all of your time and energy to, yet your passion isn't providing the profit you need to sustain your home, your first ministry. Do you struggle with the idea of earning money doing something you believe he'd want you to do in servanthood? Do you feel unworthy as a woman to possess wealth? Y'all, I get it. I've been in every one of those shoes, and I can promise you the moment I traded those worn-out sandals for his intended comfort, I was able to finally walk the miles it has taken to grow the dream from ideation to activation, catapulting my true passions into my full purpose. And now, while I've had a joy to group coach many women over the past couple of years in a group setting, I still sense there are missing straps to their well-made shoes. So I designed this course, the God Dream Design Course, to walk alongside you intimately until you've claimed the gift of the shoes he has always wanted for you. You're probably wondering if this is the surefire way to claim your roots and discover your wings as a kingdom entrepreneur. Why are we talking about shoes? Well, these aren't Nikes. They aren't Yeezys, whatever the kids call them these days. And I am not giving you sandals like Hermes either. God's shoes truly fly. God's shoes have limitless souls that never wear down. They are promised to get you where he has shown you that you were intended to be. So come along for the ride, get out of that stuck analysis paralysis state of limitation and develop the mindsets, methods, and models to bring to life the vision he has planned for you before you were knit in your mother's womb. Sign up today for your self-paced program where I will actually provide you live coaching, a community of women to walk this journey alongside, a package of goodies right at your doorstep, and many more incredible deliverables. You can find all of the details on my site at tamraandress.com. Don't forget, Tamara is T-A-M-R-A. I got the good version. Thanks, Mom. But really, girls, it's time to fly. I promise it's as spring as it sounds. See you soon. It says, you know, it, it doesn't say for nothing. We are the body of Christ, you know. Yes, some might be the mouthpiece and they might be speaking on a bigger so platform. Good. but. You know, without a finger or without a toe, you know, we can't even walk or pick up a cup, you know. It's so good. Every little aspect is so important, whether you are being a stay-at-home mom and nursing the next pastors or the next presidents in line, or when you are in a workplace with secular people and you are the only Bible they're ever going to read, you know, whatever the purpose is, and maybe it's the purpose for this season, and when that season is done, you're going to move on to something else, but whatever we are in now, we have such an opportunity to just show something different instead of 
the hatred and and the bickering and always being upset and holding a fence when can we start showing god you know he didn't condemn he said you know who he is with without sin let them cast the first first stone so he wasn't condemning he was just showing love and acceptance and he was the one eating with sinners you know and just showing them his heart and it's just if my prayer can be one thing is that we start doing that wherever we are you know because Wherever you are is where God placed you. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And like being comfortable with that, but also like showing up to the table because he has a seat for you. And mm. and to know that like he he isn't just going to like pull out your chair and then dip. Like he's going to pull out your chair and he's going to sit right next to you. He's going to break bread with you. And so to have that imagery and to know that you are safe and you are connected and you are welcome, that is the place where I would hope that people would they would go, that they're being summoned to that space of purpose right now. And in every place, every person at, that's at that meal has a role as well. And so I just think that there's so much beauty in scripture. And if we just continue to go back to the word and that be the word that's on our mouth, like what we say is purposed. And our purpose is to speak it just like people can read it but to make sure that it's connected to the heart of the Father. Because mm. it's when we start leaning on our own understanding, which is my favorite verse, lean not on your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He will make your path straight. If I can lean into that, he's going to continue to open doors. But if I'm listening to the, sil- uh, the enemy who's just like, stay here, stay here, stay here, that comfort zone... I'm never going to show up at the table that I could break bread with Jesus. Exactly. Right. It's like, I love, all right. Like if we would lean on our own understanding right now, we would be huddled up in a ball, just waiting for the world to be over and that we can go to heaven, you know, because nothing makes sense right now. And there's so many insecurities. And if we go on that, we'll be miserable. But if we just lean into his plan, because he knows the beginning to the end, so rather lean on his plans because he knows what's going to happen. We have no clue. Nobody, or well, actually a few <laughs> people, but almost nobody saw COVID coming, right? Right, right. That's good. But he did, and he's not surprised. So I love it. I love that verse. You're so right. Yeah, it's really good. So I want to kind of switch a little bit of gears because I think that it's necessary for people to hear a little bit more of the coaching side of what you do. Um, what place of like... Was it a place of failure? Was it a place of discontent that you were when you decided to activate in this space? I know you were working in a space that you weren't really happy with. Talk, walk us through that transition. Yeah. So it's definitely a space of discontent, which at that point also led to a lot of guilt because I'm so aware of how fortunate my life is. You know, I had a good job. I moved to an exciting new country. I had an amazing partner. I had a roof over my head, you know, food in the fridge. So I knew how fortunate I was, but I still had such a hole in my heart and I felt like empty and unfulfilled and so tired and that made me feel guilty. So it was such an emotional roller coaster and I just knew something had to change. So for me, it was absolutely a place of of discontent, of knowing, like, you know, that feeling when you know God has something more for you and you just know without a shadow of a doubt. But the issue was I had no clue what it was. Like I didn't know where to start looking for it. So that's why I actually enrolled into a coaching course, not to become a coach, but to find my own answers. And I just felt that the coaches out there were all very secular, which isn't a bad thing. But for me, I wanted to talk God's part in that, you know, because I wanted to make sure it was God's purpose that I was finding. So as I went through the coaching course and I was putting it next to the word as well, I just started realizing all these things and what I was actually passionate about and funny enough I studied hospitality management and the reason for that is that I knew I wanted to help people Mm -hmm. but I had no clue that coaching was actually a thing I mean I think when I went to uni coaching wasn't a thing (laughs) Um, so I just knew I wanted to help people but then as I was doing hospitality and I was being a manager in restaurants and a manager at tourism like companies it's like this is not actually helping people with something of substance you know it's it's great that I'm giving them a good meal or an awesome ride on a jet boat but (laughs) it's not going to change lives 
uh, yeah, that was just that feeling of discontent. I wanted to give them something that actually changed their lives. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I think it's so good. And like totally the reason why I devised the Roots and Wings course that I just launched on Monday all around, you know, in order to discover your purpose, go back to the roots, which we talked about the beginning of this, but also like, how do you get to the next phase? And it's really about like settling in at the current state of alignment, fully understanding like your worth and your value and your purpose, and then activating into that next space. I feel like sometimes people are given this vision and you're like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm meant to do. And they just start running and mm. they get so burnt out and they feel so overwhelmed and they have so many like squirrel, squirrel, shiny objects like in their way because they aren't like honed in on their true deep purpose, on their true deep why. And they're not connected to the energy source, to the one who's saying like, I will provide the sustenance for you to keep going. I'm going to provide the vision. I'm going to provide the plan. Just like him sitting up in heaven laughing at us when we think well, our plan is right. Like that truly is his, his heart is for us to be with him. For him to be able to have the control and in the driver's seat versus ourselves. And I lived a lot of my life in the driver's seat. I'm not even a good driver. Ask my husband. I have no navigation skills whatsoever. Uh, So so he's like, why would you ever try to steer? Because I'm just really bad at it. And it's funny that God has now taken control to the point where like, even when people ask me what I do, like I used to claim CEO. And now I'm like, I have no desire to even say that. Like as soon as somebody else can be the CEO, like I give all that glory to God because he's the one in control. And I just, I just say yes on a daily basis. And I think that's all he would have us do right now is to say yes to, to what he's calling us into deeper, wider, farther. No, absolutely. And I love it when you're saying like, God should be the CEO of our companies, you know, and, and he is for all intents and purposes, because our (laughs) company and we are only growing if he allows us to, you know, we don't sometimes forget like, for example, when it comes to giving, we're like, oh, no, but it's my money. I worked so hard for it. I'm like, it's actually not your money. Right. You know, God gave that to you. And if you were born in, in Kenya, for example, you wouldn't be in such a profitable situation. Mm-hmm. Like he placed you there for this purpose, for you to freely give your money away and bless other people because it doesn't belong to us. Nothing in this world belongs to us because he creates it all and he's allowing us to use it, right? Yeah. So I think that that's an awesome way of putting it. Like we're actually not even the CEOs of our own lives. Yeah. You know, we're just walking the path that he set for us to eventually get to that reward uh, of being seated in heavenly places. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I uh, walked in on my son's tutoring earlier today, and she was um, just teaching about reading. Okay, so like nothing Christian based, nothing. And my son just started asking all of these like super existential questions to his tutor, and he was like, "Well, what happens after you die?" And you could hear like you could hear the silence. It was that palpable that she was like. Um, and she knows my faith because I'm open about it. And she was like, well, you go to heaven. And he's like, yeah, but what happens to your body? So she's like, well, so it was like this super deep conversation. And I'm sitting in the other room. She doesn't know I'm there. I'm like laughing, but she said like really amazing things. But one thing that she said, and she wanted to say it out of love, but she also wanted him to understand in layman's terms was like, God loves you so much, but he's also the judge because my son asked, does everybody get into heaven? And she said, well, everybody who confesses gets into heaven. And God is a judge as much as he is your father, as much as he is your lover. He wants the best for you. And so he wants to help you in that process. But you have to be willing and accept his help. Because that's like the place where often we, we stand in our own confidence, in our own strength, our own might, and that's where we end up falling or getting the rug pulled out from underneath us. So it was a really crazy thing, and, and richness and money is always on the top of my, my son's, my six-year-old son who's going to have the farm in my house that we talked about earlier. He's constantly talking about money, and I'm like, why is this so, like, on the, t- the tip of his tongue because me and my husband don't talk about that we we give we we try to like instill humility but i am telling you 
you motherhood in that regard and trying to teach them that like no the money that you earned still isn't your money <laughs> he, he's like i worked for that <laughs> i'm like i know it i know it but like you only like are earned the body that you're in because it's gifted to you so it's it's wild to know that these like huge conversations are happening with our youth massive conversations happening with our counterparts and then also what i think is kind of the missing link is what's happening and who's conversating with the generations ahead of us because it feels like to me they're calling the shots and i think that's why people's emotions get so uproared because they are they're trying to call the shot. They're like, wait, 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 we need control. We're the difference. We're the change makers. And yet at the same time, we have to do it out of love. We have to do it out of activation and connection to God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit versus acting out of our will and emotions. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is so true as well, like about that whole of who has the control and who's influencing who. I think at this point we need to realize that, our generation is already too old. I mean, if you see what kids are looking at, I was, I was like looking into the little six-year-old girl who was on her like iPad and she was looking at like nailed it or something. Yeah. And I'm thinking these kids are like three, four years old. They know how an iPad works and they're looking at other kids who are the same age. There is multi-millionaire five-year-olds mm-hmm. playing with toys and doing toy reviews. Mm-hmm. So I think we also kind of need to shift our mindset to who are we educating? And if your son at six years old asking those questions, you know, then get into those conversations because if he then goes on his vlog or blog or whatever <laughs> that is, and he's going to talk about how heaven works, you know, the revelation that you're going to get from that, because there's going to be three million, 300 million other six-year-old watching that. And they might be going to their family who is not Christian. It's like, mom, dad, are we going to go to heaven, you know, when, when we die? And mm. this is open the door to so many opportunities again. It's and so think, true. That's so good. It's not even, yeah, I think it's not even a target group that we're actually focusing on because we're still so in the old way of things that, I mean... We are already old. We're, we're like, we are talking on the podcast. Well, it's actually these little kids that have all the control. That's so cool. That's so cool to think about it from that way because it, they do. They really, they really are so smart and so willing and so um, capable. And it's just a matter of like putting that into their hands. So, you know, fast forward to a conversation where my son would only give 10 cents to a cause that we were trying to get him to stand behind, to he realized the power that if his sister, who was willing to give all of it without question, all the money that she had, she was going to get given 10 times that amount. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll give 30 cents. I'm like, no, no, (laughs) you don't see what's happening here. And so it took an hour for us to get on the even playing field that he was going to give just as much as his sister, even though he's the older sibling. So he still has a lot in storage. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you have to unpack these things with with your children. And I love that you, you looked at it from the perspective of what they have access to and how they can be the change in that right now. And so it's just, it's a powerful place to, to sit and be um, and for us to be also super conscientious of because we are setting that example for them. Um, whether we think we're leaving an imprint or their ears are not listening, they're, they're very in tune. Yeah, and I think that's, and that's exactly it. They're still in tune, you know. They haven't put limitations on the dreams and purposes that God has put in their heart. And I don't, I don't remember her name, but there is a kindergarten teacher who literally makes millions now because the only thing she does is she watches a kid. And whatever the kid is interested in, she will give them all the resources to that. And even though, like, three weeks later they'll shift, she'll shift with them. So if at first was math, but then it becomes art, she shifts. She literally has 11, 12-year-olds with double PhDs. Oh, like, whoa. We are the ones limiting our kids. They're not limiting themselves. Wow. I mean, there is a little girl fashion designer. I don't know her name. She's 11 years old, and she's a successful fashion designer. That's so and cool. Like, like they still believe in fairies, you know, and yeah. Santa Claus. 
Yeah. It's not saying that those things are real and saying they haven't put the limitations on and they can maybe see the supernatural realm that we have closed ourselves off to because we have been taught to believe certain ways. Yeah. So this we can allow the kids to follow their passions and to just go into the whims of them. They're going to develop into such amazing creatures. That's so cool. I have a lot of friends who, as they've come into their Christianity and understanding of things, they have noticed that their children will say things like um, way outside of what their their realm of knowledge would be or what they would expect them to say or that God was speaking to them or that they just saw angel driving by our, like flying with our car just now and their moms are like, what is happening? And like, instead of like being freaked out, they should be like, tell me more. Like, yeah. what else do you see? What else are they saying? What else has happened in your dreams? And so we always have like abundant imagination times with our kiddos before bed so that they can continue to like dream and explore those. But I do immediately see that's not real, right? That's, that's not real though. And I'm like, well, I mean, sometimes this could happen or this could happen. And so I think it's just a powerful place for us to sit and to circulate back to from the beginning of our conversation is like, go back to the little girl's dreams that you had and explore them deeply and look into the giftings that existed when you were told that's not the direction that you need to go. And open your eyes to those things and, and really tune into them. So I love that this is like a full circle. It always happens so organically where you can just say, I hear you, God. I see you. And like this is the message that was intended to take shape today. And why I think it's so amazing when I don't probe questions or I don't have a lot of insight about the person who comes onto the podcast because God shows up. Hmm. Yeah, I think what you're saying is so right. And you actually just put a little, like the verse in my mind where it says, you know, we should have faith like little children, and that's all he wants. But just so you can go back to that limitless faith and that, those limitless possibilities. I think that's so good. And I just I can imagine my my son over that you know what's being conversated about right now, and him always asking me, but why not? And so what a, an amazing thing for us to tune into, the questions that our children are asking right now, but, but why can't we get along? But why can't we push in and have a conversation about it? Why can't there be change? Because he would and she would believe that there can be. And so I want us to just like kind of leave on that note to say that your purposed passions, your big, huge God dream, the heartbeat of God, all of the things that he would have us do, like he, he already knows, he's already planned. And for us to really just say, why not God? And say yes and mm -hmm. lean into that. Absolutely. So Tessa, thank you so much for being here. I want you to share where people can find you and connect with you deeper. Um, go ahead. Yeah, so thank you. It was so much fun. Um, and excuse the accent, so you might have to type it down. It's my favorite part. That's my favorite part. I'm like, come speak more. Yes, yeah, so they can find me there on Facebook or on Instagram. It's on the Vine Dresser NZ, and my website's just thevinedresser.com. And they can always just pop in there, send me a message. I love to connect with people, um, and I hope obviously to see everybody on the online interview series where we will um, have a private Facebook group. We can all interact together, and we'll jump in on lives, and it's just all the wisdom and breakthroughs of the online series. So I really hope to see everybody there. And I think you're going to put like when the link is ready, I will. you're going to put it up. Yep, yeah, I'll put it up. Ready. I'll share it. It's gonna be, yeah, it's going to be discoverhispurpose.com. Not quite ready yet, but in about a week or so. So probably when this goes on your podcast. Exactly. Simultaneous. Planned and purpose. Jesus, <laughs> take control. <laughs> All right, friend. Thank you so much. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And for those who are tuning in from America or this side of the world, have a beautiful evening and we will touch base soon. See you next week. Bye. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. 
by snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamara.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. This is Chris Christensen, and back in 2006, I started a simple project, a project to try and introduce more people to the Bible through Bible study called the Bible Study Podcast. It's a simple name and a simple idea. Each week, every week, we study one chapter of the Bible, talk about what it says, and what that might mean for us today. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for the Bible Study Podcast on your favorite podcast app.